Okay, so today in the series Prepare Yourself, this is, um, so we did uh, to know, know Him, and then we did Be at Peace. Today we're going to start Repel Fear. And what the, and it's amazing what, how the Lord shows you certain things. What I'm going to talk about today is totally in line with next week, but it's a little different. It's a little different. And, um, what I'm going to talk today kind of touches upon being at peace, but also knowing Him. So I, I have those recorded and you could always uh, listen to those. I haven't put them up on podcast yet, so. But anyhow, just to recap from last week. So as I said, we're going to continue in the series, Prepare Yourself. And as I shared last week, we must be at peace in preparation so that we will be unshaken, unshakable, and unmovable, grounded in the midst of all the turmoil that is in the earth and that is coming. So we have been warned ahead of time of what's to come. And we, we define peace that the Jesus, that Jesus was referring to in John 14 and John 16. The peace that Jesus defined, he said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. That peace Jesus was talking about was a different type of peace. And I defined what that was. And that definition in the, in the, in the Greek, it means one, to be joined, to be quiet. You know, and at rest. And the definition, uh, as, you know, I blew my mind and I, I saw John was like probably a little overwhelmed with that, with that teaching. But I had never seen it like that. I've never heard it preached like that. Not saying it hasn't been done. I just never, I've never heard it. So anyhow, last week we also touched on what the conditions were in the days of Noah. And what the prophet Ezekiel said about Sodom and Gomorrah. We also spoke about what the prophet Daniel said about the end of days. And what happened, as, as I was asking the Lord, well, okay, I wanted to talk about this, but now I don't know what I'm supposed to talk about. And then this thing in, Flor- in Florida happened, and then my, as I was, wasn't saying so much on TV when I was reading on the web, and I, you see the people, then the Lord put in my heart something to, to touch on. And it basically ties into what Jesus' def- definition of peace was. So we also spoke about last week the cares of the world, and that we must not be overtaken by the cares of the world. Because the reason why we need to prepare ourselves is so that we are not overtaken by all the drama and all the things that are happening in the world. Because he told us ahead of time that these things will happen. But we as the children of light, we have to be living epistles. So we aren't supposed to react like the world. We are supposed to be different. We are not people that react to things. Jesus never reacted to anything. Jesus always sought the mind of God, the Spirit of God, led him in what he's supposed to do. Because when you're reacting, you're walking in darkness. When you're walking purposefully as you're led by the Spirit, you're walking in the light. Okay? So Jesus was never reactive. So when I, you know, the Lord put on my heart just to to say certain things about, uh, based, reflective of what was we see happening. And what happened in Florida is nothing new. It's been happening. Alright? But I see there is coming a crescendo, a time where, 
you know, there's a fork in the road where, where this country will come to and, and we'll see how it goes. So we, as Jesus, as we, the word of God says, we are in the world, but not of it. We pick, uh, we also talk a bit about how we should, we should conduct ourselves when, how, and how everything is unfolding in the world. And how the Lord will always let his people know ahead of time so that we will be at peace and not stumble in darkness or be surprised. The Lord will always, always, always let us know ahead of time. When I got that understanding, it seems like everywhere I read in the Bible, I see that. The Lord always let his people know ahead of time what's going to happen. Always. So we're going to pick it up today. And, and, and we're going to start, um, the title of this one is called Repel Fear. And this is definitely a part one, and there will be a part two. Maybe a part three, I don't know. But there, I, I know there's going to be a part, part two. So let's go to John chapter 14, verses 26 through 27. Are you there? And actually, I touched on this um, about two messages ago. I read this scripture, but I'm going to touch on a different part of it. Are you there? John 13. John chapter 14, verses 26 to 27. Okay, I'm going to start. But the Helper, this is Jesus speaking, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I ha- that I said to you. He said, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This is the part I wanted to, to, to focus on. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. There is no separation in, 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 in the word. Knowing him, being at peace, repelling fear, or, or, not, or not, being, not walking in fear. They're all tied together. But what I want to talk about is, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So I went and I looked up the definition of troubled. Of course, not trying to assume anything. And troubled means agitated, stirred up. And afraid means also in the Greek, well, in the, 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 the meaning, to be timid, fearful. He says, so let not your heart be agitated. Don't get worked up. Neither let it be fearful or let it be timid. Right? That's what he said. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. When we are walking in the light, we will be at rest. We will be quiet and we will be at peace. There is no reason for us to fear or be afraid if you're walking in the light. I can't go back and flesh that out. But there's no, if you can see where you're going, you, there's no need to fear. If you can see where you're walking, there's no need to fear. Is if you can't see where you're walking, if you're walking in darkness, then you're fearful because you don't know what is going to happen. Okay? But you're walking in the light, there's no need to fear because you can see where you're going. The Lord does not want us stumbling around in darkness, which will cause us anxiety or fear. Jesus never ever walked 
in darkness. Never. He was always walking in the light. Glory to God. That's why he was at peace. That's why he could say, my peace I give to you. Not as the world give, I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Because I know where I was going. I can see where I'm going because the Father led me. And because of that, I am giving you that peace. I am giving you that peace, same peace, so that you would not walk in darkness. You'll be walking in the light. So when you're walking in the light, there's no need to be afraid. Now, I want to show you an example of how much we are loved by God. And how the Lord always, always let us know ahead of time what we need to be doing. And let's go to um, Acts chapter 10. And he shows us this so that we won't have to be anxious, agitated, or fearful, or afraid of anything. And as, I, as we are reading this, there are things that will come to your mind that, will, that you're able to relate to what I'm talking about. If you've been walking with the Lord long enough, you would understand what it is I'm talking about. Let me know when you're in Acts chapter 10. So let me just give you a backdrop. We'll start at verse 9. And there's going to be some reading on verse 29 because I want you to see something. Now I'm going to give you a little recap before I start reading at verse 9. Now there was a Gentile in Caesarea called Cornelius. He prayed to God. And he and his family reverenced God. And Cornelius was also a generous man. His family was generous. While he was praying, and you read later, he was fasting. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a vision and told him to send men to Joppa and find Peter so that Peter could tell him what to do. Now the angel of the Lord also told uh, uh, Cornelius where to find Peter. He didn't just say go go to Joppa, send men to Joppa. He told him exactly where in Joppa to go look and find Peter. So let's pick it up in verse 9. And we're going to read from verse 9 to 29. I know it's a lot, but there's some things we have to see. Verse 9. The next day after Cornelius got the, 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 the angel appeared to him, as they went, who? The people he sent. He sent a soldier and he sent two of his servants. As they went on their journey and drew near to the city, Peter went up on the house top to pray about the sixth hour. That's around noontime. <laughs> then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. So he wanted to eat, but the food wasn't ready. They were still preparing. So while he was up there, still up there, he fell into a trance. And so heaven opened. And an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him, and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. So Peter recognized the voice. He knew it was the Lord speaking to him. He knew that. And so he said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. 
and a voice spoke to him again, the second time, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, so he's pondering, what is this vision? What does this mean? Behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius made an inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. Watch the timing of God here. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. They arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing. For I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house. And to hear words from you. Then he invited them in and lodged them. On the next day Peter went away with them. And some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. So you have Peter and his entourage. Verse 24. The following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them. And had called together his relatives and close friends. So he there expecting Peter to come. And Peter was coming in, as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. Then he said to them, this is what Peter said, You know how unlawful it is for Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation? But God has shown me that I should not call anything, any man common or unclean. Therefore I come without objection. Okay. Look up here. Watch what, watch how, what the Lord had to do to get Peter to go to Cornelius' house. <coughs> if there was under any other circumstance, if the Lord didn't give him the vision or the Lord didn't instruct him what to do, there is no way you will ever get Peter going into Gentiles' home, much less eating with them and spending two days in their house. There is no way he was going to do that. No way, no how. Okay? What happened? The angel of the Lord had to appear to Peter because Peter is still steeped in religion. You got to understand. And Peter said here, it is in verse 28, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company or go into another of another nation. It's unlawful. I can defy, I am defiling myself. But God had to show him in a vision 
that what that no, that what I call clean, you cannot call unclean. What I call clean, you cannot call unclean, because if Peter did that, was instructed to do so, without the Lord explaining it to him and showing, he would be very apprehensive, agitated to do something that he knows that's going to defile himself. Think about that for a second. Peter didn't understand what it meant. So the Lord had to show him. He, when the Lord showed him the vision, he didn't understand what it, what it meant. By Jewish law, certain foods were forbidden to be eaten. And Jews would not eat with Gentiles and risk defilement. The Jews would not do it. Even though Peter walked with Jesus, even though Peter walked with Jesus, the Lord had to show him and teach him a lesson. He had to give him a vision. And at the time he didn't understand until he walked into Cornelius' house. Then he understood what the vision is. This vision is that. This vision that you gave me. What does it mean? While he was pondering, the men came and inquired about him. Then when he went to Cornelius' house, then he understood. This vision is that. He said it right there. The God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. So Peter has no need to fear going into a Gentile's house. Because the Lord showed him before, ahead of time, what he needed to do. So he had no need to fear. He would be at peace. Not agitated, not worried, not anxious that he had defiled himself. That's one thing Peter learned right there. The Lord had to show him by the Spirit and tell him about the visitors. And as I said, Peter understood what the vision meant. This is that. And he was, what was amazing about Peter, he went into Cornelius' house and he said, plainly, I don't know if I have the guts to go and, and say, hey, uh, you know, normally I wouldn't come in, 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 in your people's house. I wouldn't come in your house. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. But he's, he's been honest. He's been honest. Because that was a life-changing experience for Peter at the time. And he's been very honest. So it's a good thing Cornelius didn't, wasn't offended by what he said. But Peter's honesty was something to be admired. So anyhow. Peter was explained. Now, after this, Peter went back. And then he was telling the brethren, we're not going to go turn there, what happened? And they were upset with him. They were upset with Peter. Because he defiled himself. You go into a house, in a Gentile's house. Not only did you go in, you spent two days in the house. You slept there. You ate with them. You are defiled. You messed up yourself. How could you do something like that? So he's explaining the vision he had. He explaining Cornelius' vision. And how he was directed by the Lord to go there. And if you, if you read the story, they, they, then they, they, they had to shut up. But let's go to Acts, verse, Acts chapter 11, which is right there, and verse 13 and 16. Sorry. Verse 13. <laughs> and he told us how he had seen an angel, this is Cornelius, standing in his house, and said to him, Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. And who will tell you words by which you and all your household would be saved? 
So even though Cornelius and his family would, were, were reverenced God, he still went here and they had, Peter had to show them how they would be saved. Okay? Verse 14. And as I began to speak, watch this. The Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. What happened there? The Lord was showing Peter something else. If you go back and read in Acts, in, um, in, in John, when Jesus said, and I read it in, um, about the Holy Spirit, he said, I will send the helper, verse 26. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I have said to you. What happened to Peter? The Holy Spirit was teaching him something about the Gentiles. Okay? And then, what happened in verse 16? He said, I, then I remember the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. What happened? The Holy Spirit fell upon the Gentiles. So what happened? This is that. Jesus, the Holy Spirit brought to his remembrance what Jesus said. So this, what's happening here, is what he said. This is that. And this is what happens in our lives. This is that. When we are watching what's happening in the world. Oh, this is that. The Lord told Peter beforehand what is going to happen with the, with the Gentiles. He told him, don't worry about going to Cornelius' house. He is not unclean. Don't worry about that. Holy Spirit fell upon the Gentiles. And they were watching in amazement as the Gentiles were filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in other, in other tongues and glorifying God. The Holy Spirit then said, oh, then I remembered. The Holy Spirit brought his remembrance. Okay? So what I'm saying is the Lord shows us ahead of time what he's doing. And he said the Holy Spirit will bring to our remembrance. Jesus said he will bring to remembrance what I have told you. So when you already know ahead of time what's going to happen, why do we need to fear? Why? There is no need to fear. Okay. <clears throat> so this is that. When we, and that's the beauty about the times we are living in. We are seeing things happen and we say we can point. Oh, this is that. Oh, this is that. You know, and I, I see it and I'm, I'm, I'm amazed because I'm seeing the Holy Spirit will teach you. You see, get the, he was teaching Peter. Peter was taught something there about the Gentiles. And if you touch it, it's a promise that the God made to Abraham. That he said, through this, your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And he's seeing it. He's seeing it manifest. Holy Spirit fall on the Gentiles and they're glorifying God. That's the promise God made to Abraham. Thank God. Amen. Amen. We see, we are living, we are witnesses. To what God has already proclaimed that's going to happen. He already told us beforehand what is going to happen. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Anyhow, <clears throat> let me just keep going. So what do, you, what do we understand from that? 
Peter was walking in darkness. He was still caught up in religion. He was still caught up in the law. So the Lord had to show him. Had to show him. And give him the experience so he understood what it is. Okay. The promise was to all. I already quoted it, but I'm telling you. That's what the Lord was showing. The promise was to all. When he said, in you, Abraham, in your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. It's not just to the Jews. That's what Peter learned right there. Alright? The Holy Spirit will teach us and bring to our remembrance all things that Jesus said. Why? So that we will not be afraid and have his peace and not walk in darkness. Oh my God, hope you're getting this. Jesus gave us his peace, peace which enables us to walk in the light. <clears throat> so that we do not stumble. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be agitated. Neither let it be afraid. Don't be fearful. We do not have to be agitated. We don't have to be fearful or afraid. The Lord will always guide and direct us. The Lord may tell us to do things which we are not comfortable with. That thing, whatever that thing is, that will have us in bondage. Me, I'm a timid person. And the Lord is a timid person. He's calling to ministry. Oh my God. So you know what that means. He is peeling away. And I won't, and I'm more, I'm more bold than I've ever been. People never think I'm timid, but I am a timid person. I am. But he is working that out of me. Whether I like it or not. He's working it out of me. What? Hey, you can't hide anything from God. You can't hide. He know you better than you know yourself. And he will expose you to things that will draw out whatever it is that has you in bondage. And don't tell me you all have it all together. You got stuff. We all have stuff in us that have us in bondage. We don't all have it together. And he will draw it out of us. Why? Because he loves us. He does not want us walking in bondage. Because when you're bondage, you're in darkness. And when you're walking in darkness, there's fear. So he's going to pull that out. Whether you like it or not. He'll put you in a situation where he will expose the darkness. And you have to come out in the light. Glory to God. I'm t- hey. He do, he's doing it to me. He did it to Peter. What makes you think we are, you all any different? <coughs> we are no different. Whatever has us in bondage, whatever is a stumbling block, whatever is going to cause us to fear, listen, I, listen, you see, let me don't get on a high horse here. <coughs> I watch, you watch, let me see, you see racism in the body of Christ? He's going to root that out. Bigotry, selfishness, idolatry. He's going to root it all out. Because he's going to put the church through, I don't know what, but whatever he's going to put us through, is going to, all that stuff that has us in bondage is going to be torn out. Because he's not coming back for a bride with spot or wrinkle. He said the bride I'm coming for will be spotless. And she would be straightened out. She'll make herself ready. 
That bride, that gown she be wearing won't have any wrinkles in it. She'll be nice and pressed and ready to receive me. So I'm not, I'm not anxious. I'm not worried about anything that's going on in the world. Why? Because I already know the beginning from the end. He told it to me. And if he needs to give me a dream, he needs to give me a vision. If he needs an angel to show up in my house, he will do it to let me know ahead of time what has to be done. That's what the Lord does. In a dream, Lord, give me, show me things in my dreams. And give me instructions of things I need to do. So, I have to do it. It takes courage because you're like, ah, really? I have to do this? Okay. And then, obedience is better than any sacrifice you can ever make. Obey God. Obey God. Get out of this timidity because if you don't obey, the repercussions are, that's what's been said to me. The repercussions are, obey Him. And then I just suck it up. Lay down the feeble hands, the feeble back, suck it up and go do it. Hey, that's what we got to do. Moses. Oh, Moses, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You be my spokesperson. I can't speak. I, yeah, yeah. Abraham, I mean, uh, Aaron will be your, will be your mouthpiece. Gideon. Really? He will do it. Suck it up. That's, that's what we, I'm sorry. That's, that's my, we gotta suck it up and do it. But then we will see his glory and his goodness and his faithfulness to us as we do what he told, tells us to do. So anything that's going to be a problem, anything that's going to keep us in darkness, the Lord will root it out. He will challenge us. He will challenge us. And we have to have the guts to trust Him to do it. Because if you're stumbling in darkness, you'll always be fearful. Always be fearful. And then what? The enemy has something to come and accuse you of. That's why Jesus says, the prince of this world is coming. He's got nothing in me. Nothing. Why could he say that? Because I was always walking in the light. He can't accuse me of anything. I was always walking in the Father's will. I wasn't stumbling around in this world. I knew where I was going. I knew my purpose. I know what I had to do. He can't accuse me of anything. Glory to God. Because I wasn't walking in darkness. And that is not God's will for our lives to be stumbling around in darkness. So when the enemy comes, we, we can laugh at, him, laugh at him when he tries to accuse us. Why? Because we obey the Spirit of God. We obey the Word of God. Can't accuse you of anything. If you're walking in the light, you see where you're going. You can't stumble. Hallelujah. I am telling you. So the Lord, as I said, will challenge us. The Lord will show us beforehand, as I said. And guide us and direct us. I am so, oh my God, more than ever. As, as I'm studying this, I know it. I know it. I don't, I, this, this week I was dealing, or last week I was dealing with some serious, the spirit of fear was trying to come upon me. As, you know, ministry, work, work. And I say, no. I say, that's a lie. I know what peace means. I know what peace means. 
The peace, I, I didn't see the definition the way it is. Well, I know what it means now when Jesus says, my peace I give to you. I know what that means. Glory to God. I can't walk this, my walk can't be the same way as it was before. <laughs> when I'm walking in the light, I can't stumble. How can I stumble if I'm walking in the light, if I know where I'm going? If the Lord has to, as I said, if he has to give me a dream, a vision, he has to speak to me, whatever he has to do. I would not never be stumbling. He will show me what to do. Tell me, as he did with, with Peter. He did with Paul. All those who came before us. That's what he did. That's what he did. If you look at Hezekiah. Hezekiah, when Hezekiah was faced with the challenge of Sennacherib. Sennacherib is boasting all that he's going to do. Hezekiah went before the Lord. And the Lord heard him. And the Lord spoke to him through the eyes of the prophet. And what did the Lord tell him? The Lord told him what he was going to do to Sennacherib before he did it. He already told him ahead of time what he's going to do. He said, I'm going to put a hook in his... I put a hook and ride him like a... Well, basically I say ride him like a horse. But I'm going to put a hook in him and turn him. He told him ahead of time what he was going to do. The Lord spoke to him and clearly laid it out. This is what I'm going to do to him. What does Hezekiah have to fear? Nothing. So Hezekiah went, Bobby went and went to sleep. And when the next, the, whenever, what have, whenever the Lord uh, sent the angel, he sent an angel and killed over 100,000 people. One angel. Hez, Hezekiah, his army did absolutely nothing. Nothing. They, they went and they saw corpses all over the place. Why do we have to be afraid? The Lord will tell us beforehand. My job? Your job? Sickness? I'm not worried. Why? What is the word of God says concerning our provision? Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. That's his way. He was showing Moses. He was showing Abraham, all these people, he showed, I am your provider. This is, I already told you who I am before ahead of time. I already told you I am your provider. So what do you have to worry about? Nothing. He already told me he's my provider. Jehovah Rafi, oh, my physician? He already told me he's, he's my physician. So what, I am the God that heals you. So what do I have to worry about? Nothing, because he already told me ahead of time. Oh my God, I'm going to touch a little bit on what I'm going to talk about next week. Oh my God. The Word of God. <laughs> when the apostles, when these people were alive, there was no word written. They had the old, some of the Old Testament. They had certain books written. But the Bible talks about the foundation of the, ch of the, of the church was built upon the apostles and prophets. Men inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these words down. The word of God. So that we now have access to what God already said about what he's going to do. So now we can read about who God is. And the Holy Spirit if you read and meditate and study the word, will teach you who he is, who Jesus is, who the Father is. He will teach you. 
and the things Jesus spoke, He will bring to your remembrance. This is that. And what the Holy Spirit teaches you is, this is that. He already told you ahead of time about what is going to happen. The only thing He didn't do is fill in the details. But the details will come in. You need more details? I'll send an angel. You need more details? I'll give you a dream. You need a little more details? I'll give you a vision. You need a little more details? I'll have someone speak prophetically and give you a word of prophecy. Oh, you need a little more detail? I'll have somebody give you a word of knowledge. Oh, you need a little more detail? Maybe you're pig-headed. I'll have a donkey talk to you if you don't want to listen. It's already done. He's given us His word. He's already told us what He's going to do. Who God said He is, is who He is. All we have to do is believe what He said. Oh my God, that's why Jesus said, Whatever you ask, in my name, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. Why? He already told us what He's going to do. (laughs) Hope you're all getting this. I'm saying, oh my God, when I read peace, the definition of peace, I've, I've got to try and get that, that message out to you guys. One, to be at one, to join. Jesus was one, I'm just going to give you a little snippet of what it was. Jesus was one with the Father. He said, you're going to scatter. You're going to leave me, but, but I'm not alone. The Father is with me. I'm not alone. And he said, my peace, I leave with you, not as the world. What does that peace mean? I'm one with the Father. I'm walking in the light. I'm not stumbling. So I'm at peace. And that same peace I had with the Father, I'm giving it to you. Why? Because you are in me and I'm in you. When the Holy Spirit comes, He will teach you whatever you need to know. And He brings to remembrance what I've said. So you're not alone. You're not in darkness. You're walking in the light. So when you're walking and you can see where you're going, you have peace. Oh, God of mercy. Glory to God. Anywho. The Lord Jesus does not want any of us who are in Him to be afraid or in bondage to fear. We have nothing to fear. Because what? said fear has torment. There is no need to be agitated or fearful. Or to be afraid. Okay. So anyhow. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop there. And I hope you. You get you got something today. And you can take it and apply it to your life. Because. And I get, as I gave with the example of Peter. It doesn't matter. Peter walked with Jesus. But he was still. Had places in his life where he was in bondage. Areas in his life. So the Holy Spirit had to show him. And teach him. Give him a vision. The angel then had to speak to him and tell him. And he, the Lord would do the same for us. We have nothing to fear. And what the beauty about it. Peter knew it was the Lord. And he said. The Lord said. The angel said to go with these men. Doubting nothing. Do not second guess what I have told you to do. You just go and do it. And as he did it. He went and he gave Cornelius the testimony of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit fell upon them. To show him. To show him in the, in what he, what, that the, the salvation is not for the Jews only, but it's for the Gentiles. 
understanding when the word of God says that through the seed of Abraham, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And then going back to something I was, pre- I was preaching before about a holy nation, a royal priesthood. A whole, it, it, it all, it's all tied together. It's not only the promise was to the Jews, the, the promise was also to the Gentiles through the seed of Abraham, through Christ. <laughs> and this is how that was going to occur. Oh my this is how that was going to happen by the Holy Spirit. Oh my God, it's beautiful, beautiful. When the Lord is showing you a canopy, a canvas of His, of His plan, it's a gorgeous, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful plan. Oh my Lord. Anyhow. <laughs> I'm gonna stop there. And I just want to thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Holy Spirit.